Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're working our way through 1 Timothy in our current series, Behave Yourself. Now let's jump in and hear what Kurt has to say. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. We are right in the middle, I mean right in the middle, of 1 Timothy chapter 2, just talking about the goodness of our God, His love for the human race, His willingness to save all that call upon Him, and therefore our responsibility to be praying for uh, people, especially those that are in leadership, because those in leadership hold sway over a number of other people, and because of their influence, uh, we ought to be praying for them, uh, and especially for their salvation. I said uh, last episode that we would pick it up at the latter part of verse 6, where the Bible says that Christ gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. John, the, the mission of Jesus and all that he did on our behalf is relatively meaningless if we don't give testimony to it. If it's just something that happened that is forgotten and not retold or experienced by those uh, that have tasted of its power, then what good is it? That's a great question, Pastor. And as we find throughout the New Testament how the Bible reminds us that we as God's people are to be witnesses to Jesus Christ. We're to testify of that one, the Son of God who came and died for our sin. And Throughout the Word of God, we find time and time again that it is just part of being a Christian that you testify and witness about your great Savior, who is the mediator between God and man. You know, most of us are familiar with courtrooms, and maybe you've seen some dramas on TV. I think about the old show, Perry Mason, back in the day, or these court programs that you see. You know, in a courtroom, eyewitness testimony is absolutely important. It, it's it's almost indisputable. Now, when I was there, I saw that. And there's corroborating testimony from this one and that one. But if a person refuses to testify, that can blow up the whole case. Mm-hmm. So testimony is a validation. It doesn't, it doesn't make the truth other than what it is. The truth is, is the truth. Jesus died for the sins of the world. That is the truth. But it demands testimony for that truth to be validated and known in the lives of others, which is why the Apostle Paul said, whereunto, verse number seven, whereunto I am appointed or rather ordained a preacher, that's a proclaimer of the truth, an apostle, that's an official sent one, an ambassador, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Verity would be another way of saying truth. So Paul said, hey, Jesus gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, and I'm part of that testimony. Uh, I've been given this responsibility to herald this truth, to carry this message to people that have never heard, especially to the Gentile nations. I mean, what, what a personal word of testimony this is. It certainly is that Paul declares here. And I love how that Paul points out that he went to the Gentiles. I think back to chapter one, how that Paul talked about these teachers who are coming in, trying to teach the Mosaic law and emphasize that. We don't know all that they were saying, 
but we certainly know that there were a number of false teachers back in early New Testament times who emphasized the law, who tried to put down Gentiles. I, I don't know if that was happening right where Paul is at right now, but Paul points out, you know, I'm going to the Gentiles. I'm going to preach and teach them. Paul was thrilled to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And Paul reminds us that we are the same what God's called us to do. We are to be speaking truth about Jesus Christ. And it's almost as if Paul anticipated the, the dubiousness of people when he gave that message. So parenthetically says, I speak the truth in Christ. I lie not. I am a teacher of the Gentiles. Because that would sound, to the Jewish mind, that would sound like you're a sellout. What, what, what in the word? That God can't be in that. And so Paul double emphasized I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. This is what God has called me to do. I love in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, on more than one occasion, how Paul points out that Jesus Christ was the one who came. And what was not always understood so well by people in the Old Testament times is that the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, would also be the Gentile Messiah. And how he would make all people one in Jesus Christ, uh, how that all people, whether you're you know, it doesn't matter if you're Jew, Gentile, or rich, poor, educated, uneducated, it doesn't matter that we all are one in Jesus Christ. He's broken down that wall that has divided us. And that was a great truth that Paul knew very well. Verse number eight, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So there is another therefore. <laughs> I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Remember the, the larger context, we talked about this uh, last episode, is prayer. That we're to be praying for all men, specifically praying for their salvation. Why? Because God is able to save them. Why? Because God wants to save them. Uh, why? Because God gave himself a ransom through Christ for all. Uh, therefore, uh, we ought to speak of him. We ought to preach him. And we ought to be praying. So we're right back to where we, where we began. We have a responsibility to say something, but saying something is of little value if we're not praying something. So being a good testimony when it comes to the gospel is saying something and praying something. And it's great to see how Paul brings us back to the forefront again. As we saw back in the last episode, the, verse, the first verse of this chapter, Paul emphasizes prayer. And now he comes back to that. Gospel ministry is important to God. That's why Jesus Christ came. Our God is a missionary God who loves people, wants all people to come to him. And Paul now says, because all this is true, as you just pointed out, that I will, that, that men pray like this, that men have a great heart for prayer and that they seek the face of God because our God is a God who wants to save people. So the Bible says that men are to pray everywhere. So men should take the lead in prayer. Talk about the public worship. It's not to say that women shouldn't pray, but I think the command here is because typically it's men are negligent when it comes to matters of prayer. And they're to pray without wrath. So I think you brought up earlier, the, the prayers we pray aren't these angry and precatory prayers without wrath and without doubting. We can pray in faith, believing that God wants to do this work in people's hearts, that God wants to woo people unto himself. And so we can pray with confidence because we're praying according to the expressed teaching of the word of God. You know, when we come to God and we pray like this, we are, we are just verbalizing 
our, our need for God to work through us as we minister for Him. You know, God is the one who calls us to ministry, obviously. God commands us to minister, but we're reminded we cannot do this without the equipping of God. And so we, we beseech God's face here in this corporate arena that Paul's talking about right now, how that we come to God and how that men pray in the right fashion, beseeching God because of this all-important work. So when the Bible teaches that men are to pray everywhere and then lifting up holy hands what, what what is the the gesture of lifting up hands in the bible what does that suggest both in prayer and in praise to god you know i think often throughout you as you mentioned throughout the word of god the old testament we find people lifting up lifting up their hands to god showing that we need God, a humility lifting up, so to speak, ourselves to God, saying, God, we need you to work on our life. I've heard people sometimes explain it this way. You, 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 although I don't know this is, it's a great, it's a good idea, although I don't want to push it too far, that we lift up our empty hands to God, showing God that we need to be filled by him. We have to have God involved in our life. We are utterly dependent upon him. We are submissive to him. Yeah, and submission is the word that I was looking for because, you know, even in, think about in, in, in a military context, how does one surrender to his enemy? He surrenders by putting his hand up, put your hands up. And the reason behind that is because that is the most vulnerable position. Your hands now are, obviously you can be seen, nothing in my hands I bring. Um, th- there's no way for you to defend yourself. You're not concealing anything. It's, it's, a, it's an act of, of total abandon. And I think when we lift up holy hands to the Lord, first of all, consider the adjective, they're holy hands. And what that means is that the work has begun in the heart. The hands are reflective. We're saying, Lord, uh, there's nothing between me and you. Uh, the, the Bible talks about in James chapter four, cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. So holy hands would imply that these are are men that are right with the Lord. Lord, uh, I'm not worthy, but as far as I know, I have a a clean account with you. I'm coming to you in sincerity and in truth, um, lifting up my holy hands. Without wrath, uh, I'm not harboring anger toward or bitterness toward God or to others. And without doubting, I'm coming believing the promises and precepts of your word. And I love that word I, I've, of submission, a submissive attitude, because we're going to find that throughout this chapter applied also in other cases here. And that is a great heart of God that he wants with his people is that we have a submissive heart toward him, willing to do his will, whatever that might be. So what is good for the men is good for the women, although the application is given a bit differently. So today we've talked a little bit about the submissive heart of a man and how that would be reflected in a willingness to pray, to humble oneself before God and to pray for others. And we're going to see that that submissive heart toward the Lord shows up in some other ways. And we're going to specifically talk about the ladies on the next episode. So I do hope you'll stay with us because the verses that we're going to cover, you've heard them before, but perhaps you've heard them in a context different than I think what the Bible is trying to teach us. Hope you'll hang on for the ride and we'll learn a little bit together. So I want you to have a great day today. I'll look for somebody to talk to about the Lord 
and we'll see you next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.